0: This episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by the 57th Annual Claridge Crab-Eating Spectacular. Visit Claridge, Maryland and get crabs!
1: Under the altar for where the steam burns In Chicago's and we're all alone. Come at the ground line making a stand The smell of death is on the
0: not when the wind blows, no one cares, nobody, nobody. Hello, my name is Chris.
2: My name is Kelsey.
0: And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. This week, it's... I guess it's Critters Week, kind of, in Creatures a way. Creatures Week. Creatures Week? Mm-hmm. Sure, it's a Creatures Week on Pod Cemetery with... 1986's Critters, and 2012's The Bay.
2: It's a creature feature.
0: It is a creature feature. Oh my God, you're right. Uh, Before we get into that, or even get into trivia, a couple of things. First of all, for those of you that don't follow us on Twitter, you might not know, uh, we missed an episode last week. Uh, Due to a death in the family, the way we had our schedule set up to record and edit, it just made it so that that just wasn't going to happen at that time. So we do apologize if you were missing out last week. We didn't end up doing that episode, and we had to completely reschedule it, actually. So that episode has been moved to next week instead, and we're doing this one this week. So just wanted to thank you all for your patience Got a re- lot of really nice messages on Twitter, so thank you all very much for that. It really means a lot to us. Also, Kelsey, did you want to talk just very briefly about the Candyman trailer that just released?
2: I, I I'm on the fence about it. I don't. I can't tell yet if it's gonna be good. Parts of it look interesting, but parts of it I was gonna say feel too much like. Peels other movies, but Chris has informed me that he's only the producer, so...
0: Yes, it's actually directed by Nia DaCosta, uh, which is fine, but in the trailer, there's just a lot of Jordan Peele tropes. We have a horror movie with a predominantly black cast focused on racial issues that has violin in its soundtrack, especially with the plucking... Candyman. Notes on a violin. It's got
2: the 90s.
0: And a creepy remake of a song that's over 20 years old. (laughs) In order to sound creepy, which is Say My Name by Destiny's Child.
2: I feel like it does not work.
0: It works only insofar as you have to say his name to summon him.
2: Right. I get Uh, it.
0: So... I think people are saying a lot of things about how people are being sexist by thinking it's Jordan Peele's movie. No, it's has nothing to do. Like nobody knew who the director was in order to be sexist against her. Like that's the problem. It's like Toby Hooper not getting credit for Poltergeist or Lawrence Kasdan not getting credit for Empire Strikes Back. You know, it, it's the big name that everyone knows, and they think he actually made it. You know, as anyway. I see your point about how it does feel almost a little bit self-parodying of the Jordan Peele style that he's built up over a whopping two movies, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm really interested. I think it looks fantastic.
2: Okay. We
0: haven't watched the other Candyman movies, so we don't know what happens.
2: They're on the list.
0: Yeah, but I'm really excited to see this one, actually. So I may, I'm not going to get my hopes too far up, just in case it's actually Horrible, but I think it looks pretty cool. What, what are your reservations about it? Aside from feeling a little samey.
2: I can't remember them right now.
0: <laughs> I remember you said something about the first scene, the girls in the bathroom. Oh,
2: yes. The scene with the girls in the bathroom is no good.
0: Why? What's wrong with it?
2: It does not fit the rest of the tone of the film, first of all. Second of all, it feels really cheap, like a PG-13 kids teen horror movie. Oh,
0: well, I'm sure that's going to change. It, no, it's but a that's trailer. what I'm saying.
2: That's it's what I'm saying is that it's a weird... I feel like it's going to be the very first scene of the film just to be like a shock factor, uh-huh. but it won't match the tone of the rest of the film. But I could be totally wrong.
0: Right, but I'm saying I think what we actually get in the movie is going to be more explicit than what we see in the trailer. So the fact that it seems tame.
2: I don't mean that way. I don't mean like gruesome. I mean like them all standing in a row.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And uh-huh.
2: going from mirror to mirror Candyman.
0: Yeah, okay. Candyman. I can see what, Yeah.
2: It I can see feels what you're like saying. a PG-13 kids horror movie.
0: It was written by Jordan Peele, we should say. Ah. So, but he, you know, that doesn't mean that anyway. I'm interested in our main character's story about being from Cabrini Green and all that. So, I am cautiously optimistic about how this looks right now. So, anyway, let's actually start the show. Kelsey, how do we start the show?
2: Horror trivia.
0: Give me what you got.
2: In Friday the 13th, Part 2.
0: Okay, hold on. I have to reorient. Part 2, the first Jason movie. That's the wheelchair one, right? That's the one where there's a there's a camp counselor camp, right?
2: Yes. Okay. What does he wear as his mask?
0: He wears a, a Hessian sack or a burlap sack.
2: Yes, he does.
0: <laughs> All right, Kelsey. I have a critters question for you. I will take rough answers. Okay. In the movie Critters. Yes. From where do the Critters escape?
2: A prison ship?
0: Can you be a little bit more specific?
2: What does that, what do you mean? They're on a ship that's taking them to a prison where they're going to be terminated.
0: They did not escape from a ship. A prison? They escaped from Prison Asteroid, Sector 17. They were inside an asteroid prison facility.
1: I see. It
0: explicitly says that on the screen. I'm sorry, that is wrong. Okay. Fine. It is a prison breakout, so let's talk about Critters. Okay. From 1986... With a screenplay by Dominic Muir and Stephen Herrick based on a story by Dominic Muir and additional scenes written by Don Keith Opper and directed by Stephen Herrick, starring D. Wallace, M. Emmett Walsh, Billy Green Bush, Billy Zane, and Billy Zane's ponytail mullet, what is Critters about?
2: Well, Aliens. Uh-huh. That are in prison, that are going to be terminated, escape, <laughs> and come to Earth, uh, and they're hungry.
0: Okay. Now, M. Emmett Wallace, you may know, he plays the sheriff in this one. You may know him as uh, Bryant from Blade Runner, the one who gives Harrison Ford his assignment. D. Wallace is actually credited as D. Wallace Stone, her husband, Christopher Stone, died of a heart attack in 1995. Aww. I guess I was not aware of that. But for a while, she was going by D. Wallace Stone. Billy Zane, this is his first movie, if you don't <laughs> count his screen appearance in Back to the Future, where he doesn't have any lines.
2: Oh, I count that. I notice him <laughs> every time.
0: <laughs> and uh, Lynn Shea also has a. I wouldn't call it a cameo because she wasn't really anyone by this point, but she's in the movie in several scenes. That was fun. Probably because her brother, Robert Shea, a la the Nightmare series, is a producer on this film. Ah. Now, the movie is free on Stars, which is where we watched it, but it is $3 to rent and $10 to buy on most other services. Should people watch Critters?
2: I mean, I'm glad I saw it. But you can totally skip it.
0: Let's be honest. The whole reason we're here for the first Critters movie is for Critters 3.
2: <laughs> I don't know Do what know that why? means. you know why? You don't know why. I don't know what that means. Well, you'll want to
0: watch Critters 2 after this. Yes. Because Critters 3 yes. has Leonardo DiCaprio.
1: <gasps>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: See?
1: I, I told you. Yes.
2: <laughs> we need to get there. <laughs>
0: Uh, We should probably also point out that this movie was recommended to us by Lou. Lou. Yes. And uh, he had some thoughts on the movie. Which I will share at the end. So thank you very much for recommending this movie, Lou.
2: Yes. Thanks, Lou.
0: You could take our advice or leave it. But when we get back, we will talk about 1986's Critters.
1: They like to hide. They like to run. They like to play. (laughs) But most of all... They like to eat. Dad's all torn up and Mom's got like a hardcore thing in her neck and they're getting bigger. Critters,
0: they bite. Rated PG-13. Critters now showing at a theater near you. Kelsey, can you get us started? How does Critters begin?
2: So we see a prisoner asteroid, apparently. Prison
0: asteroid, Sector 17... Maximum security
2: Where we hear over a communication line A guy explains that we had to kill two of the critters And they call them Krites Krites,
0: people They're called Krites Yes Yes That's the kind of movie that this is Yes So, like, just be prepared Like, if you set your expectations for that I think you'll be fine
2: I agree So, he explains that they had to kill two of them Because otherwise they were going to run out of food. But here's the thing. He also says that they have to be put into the termination cell or whatever. So if you're just going to kill them anyway, why don't you just kill them?
0: Well, there's a process.
2: But they've already killed two of them just to make the food last.
0: Right, but that can't be the normal standard. Okay. There, There needs to be a process. We're not animals like the Krites. I say we, as if we're part of this space-faring species.
2: Yes. So they end up breaking out, and they steal a ship.
0: Some maximum security. And the warden's like, get the bounty hunters. He says it in a really weird way. Yes.
2: (laughs) Damn, get the bounty hunters. Damn,
0: get the bounty hunters. I
2: was like, Boba Fett?
0: (laughs) Nope, not Boba Fett. These two guys with these just weird green faces. Yes. Because they're shapeshifters. Yes. So they can look like whatever culture they're trying to infiltrate to capture their prey.
2: And the aliens, like the designs of the different aliens that we see are ridiculous. The
0: warden's weird looking.
2: Yeah. There's some weird creative ideas going on here. (laughs) I guess it's around the same time as the never ending story.
0: Yeah, around the same time, yeah.
2: (laughs) So he explains to the bounty hunters... They've got tons and tons of fuel, so that's not their problem. But you got to find them because you've stopped them before they feed and cause mass destruction.
0: And don't fuck things up like you did last time. Yes, <laughs> I
2: expect you to do better than last time. Uh huh. I trust, however, you will be less destructive this time,
1: considering you barely destroyed. The
0: and they're like, whatever, click. <laughs> and they shut off communication with them. Yes. Then we get this, like. Long segment where we get to know the family
2: Yes Like
0: it's really long where kind of nothing happens
2: Yeah we find out that the brother and the sister Don't like each other They fight all the time Yep We meet the perfect parents
0: Which is uh, D. Wallace And Billy Green Bush
2: And like the kid tries to get out of going to school And then his sister rats on him Wait. that he has a test
0: how does he try to get out of school?
2: He puts the thermometer under hot water. Who's his mom? D Wallace.
0: What do we know D Wallace from? E.T. Where her kid does what?
2: He fakes his illness by putting it against a lamp. Yes. A light bulb.
0: <laughs> one works, the other doesn't. Which well, is like 106. Okay, whatever. <laughs> yes. Like, there's no way that's real in this one. But yes, we know D-Wall is from E.T., as well as Red Christmas, which we've watched on this show, and Kujo, which we
2: haven't. Yes. Cut to the sheriff's office, where the sheriff is excited for a big bowling tournament that night. That's what everyone's talking about.
0: Yeah, including the dad.
2: Yes. And we see the girl from Insidious, and she's got an adorable... Lin Shay. I love her whole outfit Uh and (laughs) character that she does. It's really cute. And she talks about the town crazy. What's his name?
0: Charlie McFadden. That's uh, Don Keith Opper, who, by the way, is credited as having written additional scenes... So whatever that means, I don't quite know what.
2: Apparently, he kind of went off the deep end a while ago, and he's gotten way into conspiracy theories about aliens and stuff. But lo and behold, he's totally right. But he's also the town drunk. But there's kind of this weird idea that like they feed him alcohol to shut him up, when in fact the alcohol just fuels it. Yeah. It's weird.
0: The point is, is that he needs to be paranoid, and then finally when his paranoia comes true, nobody believes him. So meanwhile all this stuff is happening we're kind of setting up characters but it seems like it takes forever. We get and the
2: back to the bounty, bounty hunters, hunters are
0: on the ship and
2: they have to pick human faces. Yes,
0: so the the primary bounty hunter played by Terence Mann yeah. is like fast forwarding through earth culture <laughs> and history in order to like learn about it and he stops. In the
2: now, it's coming.
0: And the movie with it. So they and we can just watch a bad music video. Yes. Called? Power of the Night. Power of the Night. Which, by the way, was written and performed specifically for this movie.
2: I bet it was.
0: Uh, by Terrence Mann.
2: Oh,
0: The guy who plays Johnny Steele and this bounty hunter. Oh, uh, And he gets his face from this. Yes. We don't see the other one where he gets his face yet. Terrence Mann. <laughs> I don't know if he wrote it. He performed it for the movie. It was actually him. Terrence Mann can sing and perform. We know this. Because he is Broadway's original Javert from Les Miserables. Oh, shit. He is Broadway's original Beast from Beauty and the Beast.
2: Wow. And he
0: is Broadway's original Rum Tum Tugger, the Curious Cat, oh. from Cats.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> He's been in
0: several other things. He was also Frankenfurter in Rocky Horror Show. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he has a career uh, in performance, but Terrence Mann is... And Don Opper are the only two characters. I think it's Don Opper. Are the only two characters that are in all the Critters movies. Awesome. Yeah. So when we watch the other ones, they're gonna continue on.
2: That's fantastic. Okay, so yes, the the music video, oh god, you have to play the song here. It's so bad. And, and then, it
0: plays several times. Yes,
2: several times. And in this music video, he does this jump off of, the, off
0: like of in, the stage. Like in Dirty Dancing, you know, when he leaps <laughs> off the
2: stage. Yes.
0: it's like super dramatic in slow-mo.
2: And they do it here,
0: too, uh-huh. in slow-mo. Yep. It's really funny. I mean, at least we know the background in Dirty Dancing where, like, his back was, like, injured and it was killing him. And he was doing, like, one last shot. And that's the one they did. That's the shot they got of him leaping off the stage. But, like, this doesn't happen. It's just a really bad music video.
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) So then we get this sequence, and like, where I'm pretty sure a lot of their budget went to, of his face coming together.
0: Yeah. uh But
2: here's the problem with this. The joke is going to be that the other one has to keep changing faces, and because I never the face really isn't understood like, why.
0: Well, his f- the face isn't, like, sticking with him. Like, it's almost like you're, the face chooses you. That's why Terrence Mann was suddenly struck with inspiration when he saw this incredible music video. <laughs> That's my face.
2: <laughs> but so we get this long sequence of his face changing, and uh-huh. it's gross and whatever,
0: Oh, I know where you're going with this.
2: But every time the other guy changes, it's on a dime.
0: Yeah, uh huh. That's a good point.
2: Mm-hmm. Cut to back to the family during the daytime now, and the father is working on his car, and he's got the simple the town simpleton or the town drunk, whatever you want the to call him. Paranoid
0: guy, Charlie.
2: He. Is supposed to be helping him, but instead he's playing with his son, who is playing with firecrackers. Uh-huh.
0: Brad or Bradley.
2: He, like, breaks something? He says, I can fix this. I can fix this.
0: He breaks the slingshot.
2: Oh, that's right.
0: And so when he fixes it, and, and then he tries it out, he ends up... Hitting the sister in the ass.
2: Yeah, so the sister and Billy Zane show up. And Billy Zane's a ponytail, which Chris mentioned earlier, is ridiculous.
0: He wears a ponytail, but he it's a mullet. Yes. So he has short hair, party in the back, business up front.
2: <laughs> so the guy hits her, and for whatever reason, the kid takes the fall for it.
0: Well, because he knows that Charlie will be fired. Because the dad's already kind of annoyed by Charlie. Mm. And so he takes it and uh, takes the fall for him. And the movie kind of goes on about this. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't talk about it, but it keeps, like, shitting on Brad because of this. And he just has to be like, yeah, I did it. You know? Mm -hmm. It it happens, like, two or three times where they bring that up.
2: Mm -hmm. This is around the time when I mentioned that I'm feeling a leprechaun vibe.
0: Yeah, but Leprechaun was made after this movie.
2: Interesting.
0: Where it's, you know, it's a it's a small country house in the middle of nowhere.
2: There's a hot sister, a young, annoying brother.
0: With a simpleton for handyman a for a friend. Yeah.
2: They're very similar. Uh-huh. And it's a little tiny guy.
0: Yeah, attacking them that they have to run from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally.
2: Only funny enough, these seem to be way more dangerous than the leprechaun. Oh yeah. Is. <laughs>
0: You don't want him to pogo on top of you, do you? Oh, God.
2: So the kid gets sent up to his room with no supper, and he frustratedly turns on his radio to hear more Power Power of the Night. night. (laughs) Meanwhile, downstairs, everyone else is sitting down to have dinner, and the girl wants to jump Billy Zane's bones. Oh, yeah. Even though he's kind of like... Oh, maybe we shouldn't. Well, because he knows that
0: the dad will kill him.
2: Yes. But so they leave dinner really quickly, really early to go and have sex in the barn. And the father turns to the mother and he's like, have you talked to her about the way things are? And she goes, years ago. And he goes. Years ago? (laughs) Yes.
0: Like, yeah, at that age, she should have talked to her years ago. (laughs) Wallace is a cool mom. We haven't been talking about the fact that the first death happens here. The first of only two deaths. Billy Zane? The police officer. There's a police officer out in the middle of the woods where the ship has crashed. It's broken. They need fuel or something like that. I can't remember what they say. They do explicitly say because the critters talk. They have their own language. Yes. But they end up killing one of the sheriff's deputies Everyone kind of sees this thing land, and even the dad and the kid go investigate it at one point, but then the dad's too scared to go any further because he doesn't have his gun. But they end up killing this sheriff's deputy, and when the bounty hunters finally land, the one that doesn't have a face takes the face of this deputy. But it's not sticking with him, and he's, like, twitching out and stuff, and it's, like, dripping and shit like that. (laughs) The bounty hunters remind me a little bit of the ones from Suburban Commando, which included The Undertaker, which I guess they're kind of the villains in that one. It's been a long time since I've seen Suburban Commando. (laughs) I don't know what that is. It's the Hulk Hogan movie. Oh. Okay.
2: (laughs) I had no idea. Okay. So they go off to have sex. The dad brings up food for the kid, and he's just like, I didn't even do nothing. And he's like, you hit her with the slingshot. Oh right! I like, forgot. I did do that. <laughs> right, just like Chris said, they say they do this several times. Uh, he doesn't get to watch any movies for two weeks, apparently. Then we get more power of the night somewhere. <laughs> Somebody hears it on the radio yeah. or something, and are they
0: listening to it out in the barn while they're making out? Because yes, they have a radio out there. Yes. Yeah.
2: And that is when the spaceship. Crashes. Crashes, because she says the earth moved. And he oh, goes, already?
0: Right. Oh, God. He's like, already?
2: <laughs> yes. So everybody kind of sees the spaceship. And the kid goes out. Well, the kid wants to get back at his sister. But also then he hears that thing. So he climbs out the window. And the father leaves out of the front door with his gun. And the kid, like, falls. And he's like, when the earth shook, it threw me out the window. Oh, yeah, he was
0: in a tree or something like that. But that dad doesn't have a gun. He has a flashlight. Because he makes a comment about the fact that he doesn't have a gun, and that's why they go back to the house.
2: Oh. So they go out to the field, and that's where they see it. And it's funny, because he's the kid's like, maybe it's a Russian spy. <laughs> uh-huh. Did you see that meteor?
1: I saw something. Maybe it's a Russian spy probe on some sort of secret... It's too much TV.
2: They find that their cattle have been devoured.
0: Right. That's when they back off.
2: Yes. And that's when the father says, maybe we shouldn't tell your mom what we found uh-huh. out here. So think about the logistics of this. The critters or the krites
0: land, they kill the sheriff and the cattle. The bounty hunters land. Find the cop like immediately, get that dude his face, but then they just go to some bar. Yes. Why aren't they like just randomly for no reason, basically just so they can get Charlie's face?
2: That. And it's because they're looking for the critters. They go to the church, too, remember?
0: Right, yes. So, yeah, they take the priest's face at the church. We can tell, tell all this part out of order with these guys, right? Like yeah. They go to the church. They take the priest's face. They shoot that thing up when the piano makes noise or something like that. Uh, everyone's all, what the hell's going on? And the sheriff is comes by at one point. They go to the bar where Charlie is. And they end up taking Charlie's face and then when they file a complaint with the police and talk to Lynn Shay about it and she has to talk to the sheriff like, oh, they made a complaint that Charlie attacked him in the bar.
2: Reverend Miller, Charlie McFadden and some stranger just shot up the bar at the bowl Ram the lanes over. You and
0: saw his face turn into Charlie's, you know, you saw them walk in, you stared the at them, yeah, you stared at them, he turned into Charlie in front of you, and you still accuse Charlie
2: I think it's just that there was too much confusion and they didn't understand, they, they saw Charlie, so it's like, it was Charlie's uh-huh. face
0: So that's what happens kind of to the bounty hunters leading up to when Brad's going to run into him later. So let's go back to the farmhouse the couple are making out in the barn.
2: They end up eating Billy Zane.
0: Yep. Billy Zane dies. Those are the two deaths. We're done. Nobody else dies in this
2: movie. (laughs) Yes, this movie goes on far too long. Yeah. Far too long. D. Wallace sees some little red eyes outside. She, she tells out her husband. He goes out there, doesn't see anything. The kids like, maybe it was Chewy, their cat.
0: Uh-huh. Which is a reference to Star Wars. There's also a reference to E.T. in this. He has yes. an E.T. figure that the critters end up eating.
2: Yes. The bounty hunters, when they find the cop or no, this would be way after. Well, whatever. They they say the eating has started or something like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. The family tries to call the cops, the phone is dead. And the father ends up getting attacked by them somehow. But it's so funny because it's just these little teeny tiny puppets.
0: Okay. These the 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 design of the critters I am in love with. Really? Yes. Not because I think they're so like, terrifying or anything, but it's just so cool. Like, okay, I used to see this VHS cover in the video store I would go to all the time, and it scared me half to death. <laughs> but just this giant, sawtoothed mouth, the spiky hair, the fact that they roll up into a ball to get around because they don't want to animate them walking anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have little quills that they shoot out that.
2: Have poison. They have
0: poison like paralyze you or something. And, and you fall asleep. And then they eat you. Yes. I I just I kind of lo- and they talk to each other. They have personality. <laughs> I really appreciate that.
2: They have weapons. So what? Boom! Yeah.
0: D. Wallace blows up one of them with a shotgun and then the one goes, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> <Ow>! <laughs>
2: that was really cute. Uh-huh. But so it's like I'm being attacked by puppets, help! <laughs> so it's really funny. But yeah, they start throwing the darts. They figure out that it's got the poison. Billy Zane dies. D Wallace ends up killing one of them with a fucking pitchfork, and it's awesome yep. inside the barn when they go to find their daughter. He try the kid tries to use his fireworks, but they throw it like. But he like swallows it.
0: Yeah. But, but then, then he does, he well, does it blows up. No, he doesn't no. explode. Right. It blows up inside of him and he just kind of goes boom. Like it just kind of expands a little bit. And then like smoke comes out of his mouth and then he just topples over. <laughs> <laughs> but there are eight of them that they have to take care of. And they're kind of taking them out one by one, but they're still coming. Meanwhile, one of them is just staying in the chicken coop, eating all the chickens. And this apparently is the only Critters movie where this happens. It ends up growing. When they eat, they grow in size. They just forget about that for the future critters movies. Oh, really? Apparently, like I said, I haven't seen critters two or three. It only happens to some of them. Just one. There's only one that gets big.
2: I thought I saw several of them get like medium size. Oh, maybe,
0: but there's the one that gets like person. Yeah, there's only
2: one that gets huge. Yeah, but I think some of them get different sizes throughout. Mm -hmm. But it only seems to affect some of them
0: when they eat, I guess.
2: But they all eat. That's what they do. (laughs) They keep coming at them. Uh, eventually D. Wallace gets hit with a blow dart. The father finally decides to go get the shotgun. The kid ends up setting one of them on fire.
0: I don't remember how.
2: I don't either. It's a very well-contained fire. That was the funny part about it. It was like he set one on fire and it just happened to only like catch a little bit like when he did it I was like oh so the house is going to catch on fire nope. but no just this tiny little area and then they're all able to put it out with like a rug. <laughs> yeah they
0: like jump through it too. Yeah. They're like oh shit it's on fire and they just jump through the fire it's almost like the people who were managing the puppets and the effects and everything just had a list of things that they could try to do mm-hmm. and then they just tried to string it together in the edit or something.
2: Yes agreed they decide that somebody needs to go and try to get help Because they're out in the middle of nowhere. Uh And the mom is passing out because of the dart and the father's been attacked. So the kid's like, I'll go and do it. I'll ride my bike out there. Well, that ends up being a stupid plan because the critter is there waiting for him with the bike. Because apparently the critter knows what bikes are. Uh (laughs) This is when we see one of them grow. And then the kids like kind of stuck outside cuz yeah. all the critters are coming after him.
0: I just remember he's out he's now trapped outside so he runs somewhere else to go get help and that's when he runs into the police car being driven around by the bounty hunters. Right. Well
2: we'll, we'll get there. But meanwhile we get a montage. This is when the movie was all of a sudden like we want to be the next gremlins. Uh-huh. And we get this montage of them running amok and doing shit. But they're not nearly as funny as the Gremlins are. Right. Yeah. There, there isn't the liveliness and the fun of Gremlins. Right. The the, well, there's, critters- not the there's
0: not the crazed manic laughter or personalities. These are just devourers, and so they don't have. They're not as fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They are fun, but they're not nearly as fun as the Gremlins.
2: And this is when we see the the little E.T. doll, and they ask who he is. Uh, and this is when, so the kid, not able to get his bike, does run off. And this is when he runs into
0: the bounty hunters, looking like police officers, because they're in a cop car. And so he gets in the cop car, and he tells them all about. It and he's like, Charlie,
2: you know, you were Rick right, Steel, or whatever the <laughs> fuck his name <laughs> Johnny is, Steel? Johnny Steele, Johnny <laughs> Steele. Because remember, he's a fucking uh, pop star.
0: Yes, exactly. But he tells them they demand to know what's going on. Where are the crites? You know, they're, oh, they're the critters. They're at my house. They're like, where? Like, Charlie, you know where I live. He's <laughs> like, where? So he's, he figures out that they're not actually Charlie and Johnny Steele, but they're willing to help. And so he tells them where to go anyway. So then it's this whole thing where they're just trying to mop up. The critters at this point, and they got these giant cannon laser things that blow shit up.
2: Yes. And meanwhile, back at the house, somehow the giant one is inside their dresser. That's not how dressers work. Yeah. That scene was really dumb. Where it's coming out through like one of the dresser, like one of the drawers comes open, and it's yeah, big no, hand So comes they out. like
0: put it in front of a window. Or something like that, because it's outside, and it bursts through, and it comes through the dresser. That's what's going on there. But
2: yes. You could tell it was a puppet. It's a
0: puppet inside of a dresser. That's exactly what happened,
2: yeah. It's really funny, there's a line, D D Wallace is kind of kicking ass, and she's just like, get out of my! it reminded me of Adventures in Babysitting. Get out of my house! You just moved!
1: Get out of my house! You just moved!
0: Oh. Nope. (laughs) You told me Adventures in Babysitting in lines from that movie, and I think, don't fuck with the babysitter.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They run out of bullets, but the creatures, like... Decide they have to leave or something, and they go, let's roll.
0: And they roll away, yeah. Well, because the dad is, like, hit. Like, he's been attacked a bunch, and he's really fucked up. And they they need to get the new shells from his shirt pocket for her to use. And they get out of there, because obviously she has a gun.
2: This is when you think they're all dead. The kid thinks they're all dead. But the big one's still alive. Yes. So So after they kill all the little ones... Now they gotta kill the big one.
0: Including one in a toilet. Yes. Which, I conflate critters and ghoulies all the time. Ghoulies is the one where they come out of the toilet. But this has a scene with one of them in a toilet. I haven't seen any of them. So, I don't know why I knew that.
2: At some point, the sister gets taken as well.
0: Yeah, and so Charlie, who's now shown up with the sheriff, Harv, he goes to help bradley get the sister back from the spaceship she gets dragged to the spaceship bradley goes into the spaceship gets his sister comes back out charlie helps them out but bradley dropped his firecracker his big basically a stick of dynamite that he left in the bradley left in the ufo and charlie has just a beer on him did you notice that they they make a molotov cocktail i did not so he makes a molotov cocktail but they're out in the middle of nowhere and he just happens to have a beer. He's that much of a drunk. He carries a beer on him at all times, I guess. Builds a Molotov cocktail, lights the thing on fire, and then they throw it and it makes it into the UFO. hmm So the UFO starts to fly away. It passes over their house. And then it blows the house up. Yes. After it's already been totally fucked anyway. Yes. But just blows it up and then flies away. And as it's flying away, it explodes. Yes. Because the firework went off, this giant half stick of dynamite or whatever. Yes. In m It's pretty it's funny because like they're like, fuck you, together. humans. And then yes. they're like,
2: fuck you, aliens.
0: <laughs> and the bounty hunters are impressed with Bradley. So they're like, here, take this. And they just give him a thing. Okay, I guess they wanted him to come along, like, you'll always be welcome with us or something like that. Call me. And they go, to, they go to leave. But now they have a house that's just completely destroyed. And then, Bradley, the little device he has, starts to blink and make noises. Like, oh, are they calling him already? No, it just does that. And then he presses a button on it. And then... Miraculously the house puts itself together. Yes. They just filmed parts of the house being torn apart and then played that in reverse. The house just puts itself back together. Yes. And everyone's happy. And Harv the Sheriff is just like, What the fuck did I just see? Charlie feels vindicated. And that's the fucking end of the movie.
2: No, there's one left behind,
0: remember? Oh, right, because the one is always in the one who was in the the, the chicken coop left eggs behind. Mm-hmm. When he ate all of the chickens.
2: Mm-hmm. So that's
0: what's going to lead into Critters 2. Yes. And those bounty hunters are going to have to come back.
2: So this movie is funny. And it's goofy and silly. And, like, sometimes the lines made me, like, smile and giggle a little bit. But on the whole, you can skip this movie because it's pretty ineffectual and pointless. But, but it's
0: fun and I like the, I like the designs, but... Yeah, it's just there's long stretches where it's like, why are we watching this? Why isn't anything happening?
2: And it ends like three times, like I said. Yeah. It goes way on. It goes on and on
0: and on. It seems like the action beats are, like we said, just kind of put together in editing. They just knew a couple of things that they wanted to hit. They filmed all of it, and they just kind of didn't care where it fell in the movie.
2: Yeah. So- um, but
0: I love Johnny Steele, Terrence Mann. It's fucking dope in this. I don't know why I love him so much. He's great. He's great. And the critter designs, like I said, I fucking love.
2: I just feel like they're really trying too hard to be gremlins. Which is so funny, because then Leprechaun seems like it's trying to be critters. Right.
0: But yeah, they're like gremlins from outer space. I guess that was just the thing from the 80s, I guess. is It's like E.T. meets gremlins.
2: Little things. Little things coming at you in the 80s. Yes. <laughs>
0: All right, so Kelsey, yeah, what do you think this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes?
2: Like a 56? 58,
0: actually, out All of right. 19 reviews. No consensus statement. And a 52 Metacritic. No cinema score. Do you think that's overrated or underrated?
2: It's pretty close to what I was going to give it.
0: Which was?
2: I was going to give it a 59.
0: I was going to give it a 62. Okay. Okay. That's before you even said that, so I'm glad that we kind of align pretty close.
2: Like, I enjoyed it. I'm not mad I saw it. Right. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again, but...
0: Yeah, probably not, but I'm interested in what they do with the sequel.
2: It's, I mean, it's a, it's a harmless movie. Like, it there, is. There, there was nothing super offensive about it.
0: There was fun stuff. Like, the bowling team that the dad's on, who he never shows up, and so the bowling... Oh, yeah, complained. we didn't talk
2: about that. They,
0: uh... <laughs> He has this weird sort of like pink and blue pastel bowling shirt on, yes. but their their team logo on the back is a bowling pin designed to look like the ghost from the Ghostbusters logo yes. with the circle slash through it because uh-huh. they take out, they're like the Pinbusters or something like that. Yes. It's cute. It's just full of kind of cute stuff. It's fun. It's not going to blow your skirt up.
2: D. Wallace always makes me happy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's 62. That's kind of all we have to say about that movie. There's not a lot going on with Critters. I thought there'd be more. But let's talk about what Lou had to say about this movie, okay? Okay. After the movie, I asked him, why did we just watch Critters? And he said, because you love me. And then he asked, how was it? Really, really bad? I'm like, what do you mean, how was it? It was a little silly and slow, but it wasn't House 2, which he also recommended to us. <laughs> I said, it has alien bounty hunters, like in Suburban Commando. Maybe that's why you liked it. And he responds with, oh, I've never seen critters. You son of a bitch.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, his tweet was, you have to see this for me because the the poster always scared me as a kid.
0: <laughs> I asked why he suggested it, and he said, because I wanted to hear you guys talking about how bad it was.
2: It's not that bad. It's not as terrible as you would think it would be. It's just, it's harmless. It's a silly, ineffectual movie. Yeah.
0: Uh huh. You can watch it. He said that uh, his wife hates watching scary movies, so the only way he can enjoy them nowadays is through us. Oh. <laughs> so, Lou, we're here for you.
2: Yes. We're That's here for That's two movies of
0: you. we've watched for you so far out of almost 250 movies we've covered now. Can you believe that shit? That's nuts. Before we get to our next movie, Kelsey, horror trivia.
2: What director of The Omen went on to direct the 1978 film Superman?
0: Richard Donner?
2: Very good. That's the same man who made The Goonies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Kelsey. What's the name of the family cat? Chewie. Yeah. Yeah. You said both of them, actually. The other one I was—I I might have mentioned, but I figured we'd talk about it too much, is what's the name of the rock star that sings...
2: Johnny Steele.
0: Power of Love, is that? No, it's not Power of Power
2: of, love. of the Night. Power of the Night. I was like, it's Power of Love.
0: No, Power of the Night.
2: I can't remember the, the Johnny tune. Johnny
0: it, It's so forgettable. Yes, I we'll play it at the end of the episode. <laughs> All right, Kelsey. Our next movie is... 2012's The Bay, written for the screen by Michael Wallach, based on a story by Barry Levinson and Michael Wallach, directed by Barry Levinson, starring Will Rogers, Kristen Connolly, and Kether Donahue. Barry Levinson, you know, by the way, he did Diner, Rain Man, Wag the Dog, Sleepers, The Natural, Good Morning Vietnam. Uh, He also did Toys.
2: He did a lot of good movies. Yeah. He did a lot of good movies. Apparently he worked with, uh, what's his face?
0: Robin Williams. Yeah. Yeah. So he was apparently asked to do a documentary about this polluted Chesapeake Bay. But there was already a documentary about it and talked about how all the fish were dying. And because the bay was so polluted... He liked the documentary, he was terrified by the documentary, but it had already been made. And he's like, well, obviously nobody cares. So maybe instead I'll make a horror movie based in the reality of the actual Chesapeake Bay. And I'll turn it into something that might terrify people, that might get people to actually talk about it.
2: That's so sad. Yeah. Cause that pollution is disgusting. If that's the po- if that pollution was real,
0: all those dead fish and everything—that's real. Oh my god! Yeah, he claims that eighty percent of this movie is based on factual information. Wow! Like all the stuff about—I'm guessing—were there mutations? The, I mean, maybe, but I don't think that's the part. I think it's like the the chicken shit, the runoff, so disgusting. the the nuclear waste. All headed towards the bay, killing off 40% of the fish, like all of that stuff. I think that's the real stuff he's talking about.
2: And the desalination being at a D- minus level. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah. All of that, I think, is all real stuff. But the isopods and all of that, not real. Obviously, what they do to the town, also not real. And also, I mentioned Kristen Connolly is in this. We've seen her on the show before. She's the mom on the rental boat, the one with the baby, who kind of becomes a supporting character in this movie. Kind of. She's Dana from Cabin in the Woods. Yes. The virgin. Yes. Me?
2: (laughs) (laughs) We work with what we have.
0: (laughs) What's the bay about? I mean, we kind of covered it a little bit, but what, what happens?
2: Pollution in a bay creates mutations, and those mutated animals come after humans.
0: Yeah. The movie is $4 to rent and $8 to buy on iTunes. Should people watch the
2: movie? I'm going to say yes. Not because I think it's an awesome movie, but because I think it does a lot of really interesting things.
0: It really does. It's found footage from 2012, but the premise of the found footage, I think, is a lot better than you get in most movies where it's just like, the This video was found in government files and nobody, you know, like, it's not like that. It's actually presented in such a way where, where how it's being presented is part of the story. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting.
2: I think one of my biggest problems with it is that there's so much and yet so little. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and the pacing's all off.
2: Yes, and it, it all takes place over the course of one day.
0: Which I mean is all insane. the footage,
2: yeah, all the shit that fourth happens. Of July is it in one day. On now you do get some background information. You do get some stuff about what happens after, but the but the bulk of the film is one day, and there's a lot of crazy shit happening. Yes, but it, the,
0: there's absolutely the, no way that things would escalate in yeah. this way this quickly. It's unbelievable in that regard.
2: Yes, but just accept that
0: fact. And yet, there's and what such, you get is there's
2: like good. no story. Do you know what I mean? Like, all this shit happened, but that's kind of it. Yeah, it happens
0: and then it's done. Yes. There's no, like, thing that needs to be overcome. Right. And ultimately is. No, there's no journey that anyone really takes.
2: It's extremely anticlimactic. That's a good
0: point, actually. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You're just going to kind of have this stuff wash over you. But what that stuff is, is it does some fun stuff. It does some clever stuff, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Not that it is not without its faults, which we will talk about. The Bay was recommended to us by Wes. What did he say?
2: He originally wanted us to pair this with Slither.
0: But they're both modern movies, so...
2: Right, which is why we couldn't do that. I see why he wanted I, to put the two of them together. I see
0: why, yeah. Uh huh.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Wes.
0: Yeah, thank you very much, Wes. I'm glad we saw this movie. You can take our advice or leave it. When we get back, we will talk about 2012's The Bay.
3: Good morning, Marilyn. I am in Claridge, the host of our annual July 4th party. Oh my god!
1: This is a CDC. We're in the
0: middle of some kind of viral outbreak. It's eating their organs. Intestines, liver, it goes for kidneys. There's something wrong with the water. This stuff has chemical steroid in it.
1: Hey, we got a situation over the 911 call center, and the system's about to go down. We're just overloaded with
3: calls. Stephanie, you're not answering your phone. I do not want you to get off that
1: boat. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. I know they shut down all the roads going into Clarity. Now I'm flying over the water here, and, uh, well, there's just dead fish everywhere. You don't just shut down the eastern seaboard without approval from a higher authority. As you can see here, we have these parasites. Oh, my God. Isopods eat right through the fish's tongue. Something really wrong. Help me! It's eating them from the inside. Dispatch. This is There's bodies everywhere. Do you hear that? What are you doing? Look at me! What are you doing? at me! Could
3: easily be looking at a new form evolve. Go away! I'm going
0: to show the world what happened here. If you find this tape, just please get it out. Kelsey, this movie's tagline is on its poster. Any guesses as to what it is?
2: Nope.
0: What if I told you that its tagline was panic feeds on fear? Okay. I see you're thinking about it for a little bit. What the hell does that even mean? Panic feeds on fear.
2: Well, it's saying that from fear comes panic.
0: Yeah, what's what point is it trying to make? What does that have to do with the movie? It just
2: sounds cool. Uh,
0: right, exactly. <laughs> panic feeds on fear. Fear feeds on panic. <laughs> Which leads to the dark side. <laughs> anyway, what happens? Get us started. What happens in the bay?
2: So, it's... All found footage, and lots of it is from news reports and people's phones and lots of other things like that. So we start with hearing all about these tons of dead fish and birds in this place called Chesapeake Bay, which is a Real place. Is it really?
0: Well, Chesapeake is, yeah. Where's that? Maryland.
2: Is there really a Bay?
0: Yeah. That's what the real story is based on.
2: Oh, that's right. It's so bizarre to me. This is based on a real thing that happened. Like, I just can't. Kind of. Because, well, when I was watching it, I wrote a lot about how I was like, this is a little bit extreme. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Like could this really happen but then again Aaron Brockovich really happened so right anything's possible but this seems ludicrous but apparently it really fucking happened which is super fucked <laughs> <laughs> but there's like an interview about this major disaster that happened um and then we meet kind of basically our main character what's her name Donna she's a journalist student who was there and I think she was just doing it for her class assignment or something,
0: yeah, she's basically like a like an intern effectively, yeah, going out on assignment just to do these little fluff pieces about the Fourth of July and Claridge, Maryland.
2: exactly. so it's this bay where everyone goes for the Fourth of July
0: now Which- Claridge Claridge is not a real place okay. The Chesapeake Bay is, but Claridge the town is not a real place
2: okay. But it's just, it's crazy to me because the rationale behind their just dumping toxic waste there is because, well, nobody drinks it. And it's just, it's, but your whole thing is that people go swimming in the bay. Yeah. Like, it can't matter if I'm swallowing it if I'm sitting in it all day.
0: Well, they also say, oh, if you get a cut.
2: Right. Get so out. that's where it's just like
0: Hey, there's some places like this.
2: I know, and I know it really happens. I just can't believe that the public allows it to happen, but
0: Oh, yes, you can. Huh. See, here's the thing. This is this is number 1, it's a big political statement. Like they call this a a faux eco documentary. You know, it's 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 a, it's trying to establish where people's priorities should lie when it comes to public concern. So it is like political in that way, trying to say, Hey, take care of the environment. But it also says things a little bit more overtly political about our power structures and how people with civil influence can then hold positions of power. Like the mayor in this town is, you know, a business person who then lets his business get away with things because he has control over whether or not that shit gets reported. And there's huge conflicts of interest. And oh, wow, that's like real politics. You know, so it has things to say about this. But also, conveniently, we're talking about this movie completely by accident, right when all these coronavirus fears are going on about contagions and that sort of thing. I just thought that was just the timing was interesting. <laughs>
2: She explains that it has been three years since July 4th, 2009, which mm-hmm. is why she was there, just to do a fluff piece about the 4th of July. She explains that everything digital was confiscated and then doesn't explain how she got her hands on no, any she
0: of a- it. she absolutely does.
2: What? How? Tell us.
0: The digital footage that was confiscated was leaked via what they call govleaks.org or .com. Basically, it's a reference to WikiLeaks. They're saying somebody leaked it to them, and then they leaked it publicly, so now they actually have their hands on all this footage that was confiscated and never given back.
3: But now, with the help of a website called govleaks.org, all of the digital information that was recorded that day has been obtained. All of the digital information that was confiscated.
0: So I kind of love this in-world explanation that they have.
2: I didn't write any of that down.
0: How they have access to this swath of private digital footage because the government had it and it leaked. So now the characters in the movie can comment on how this is private footage and what's going on in it and I like that as opposed to just being a collection of things but the movie goes back and forth on what Donna is presenting and what the movie itself is presenting it's not being presented by Donna when she introduces something that's going on in a new character she'll talk about them oh this is so and so
3: so uh that's Mayor right there, Mayor John Stockman. These were two oceanographers, one from the Cousteau Institute and another from the University of Maryland. This is Dr. Jack Abrams. He was the head physician in the emergency waiting room at Atlantic Hospital. And
0: this
2: is what they're doing. Research.
0: Yeah. But There's tons of other shots like this that the movie introduces and Donna doesn't. So what is Donna's relationship to the creation of this film? It's not hers because she's talking to somebody over Skype who is actually the quote unquote filmmaker here. So what is that disconnect relationship? And if they're having a Skype conversation, what clips is she introducing? How is she going? Oh, this is such and such when she's on a phone call via Skype.
2: I think they're showing her the videos. And you'll notice to your left.
1: Look over to your left. Okay, that you can see. That's where the footage will come. Where you can uh, address
0: uh, uh, what that was about. Okay.
3: Okay. Sounds good. But
0: anyway, it does. I mean, that's not a huge concern. It's just a little bit of like, tell us, like, let us know what the actual interaction is.
3: That's where the footage where you can address. What that was about,
0: okay? I think it would be a little bit stronger that way but yeah the disconnect between who Donna is and how she's presenting everything but she's not the presenter of this film and we don't know who that is is a little confusing I guess I would say First of all she seems like she's kind of acting her lines here in these Skype conversations. Like she has these lines where it's.
2: You think she's a bad actress?
0: I don't know if I'd go so far as to say that, but I think that they, in their effort to to make this seem like it's unrehearsed, it it seems unrehearsed, but in a bad way.
3: There were people who were concerned about what was going on in the bay, and with some of the townsfolk, it did cause arguments.
0: In order for an actor to deliver a line and come off as, quote unquote, unrehearsed, it needs to be well rehearsed. This seems like it actually wasn't rehearsed, that they're just reading lines from a script. That's the problem here. It dips into that a few times and it's like, oh, that line didn't come naturally to you.
2: So maybe they just didn't do enough reshoots? Yeah, I'm
0: thinking. They didn't do enough takes. They're just like, oh, we got it. Like Ed Wood? Sure, yeah, uh uh-huh. It, it felt a little like a stereotypical one-man show, you know, where the person on stage is supposed to come off like they're saying this stuff for the first time, and then it's not all written ahead of time, but it's very obviously written ahead of time. That's what it felt like to me.
2: She explains that she's nervous that something might happen to her for doing this, but that for these past three years, it's all she can think about, so she feels compelled to do so.
0: Uh-huh. They don't come back to that, by the way. It's just a premise that they set up.
2: Yes, she explains that it's a summer town and that, you know, she she grew up going there for the summer. She had her first kiss there. She had her first summer job there, like that kind of stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then she's watching footage of herself and she's like, why didn't anyone tell me that my pants were too tight? Honestly, why didn't anyone tell me my pants were too tight? <laughs> she does that a lot. She'll self-deprecate throughout, which makes it feel realistic. Uh-huh. Because I imagine the first time you have to watch yourself. No, I mean, I've seen myself on tape doing plays and stuff, and it's it's hard to do. It's cringeworthy because mm-hmm. everyone else is telling you, oh, you did a great job, and you're just sitting there like, oh, I should have done that differently. Oh, God, look at me when I say that line, you know? Mm-hmm. So I get that. Oh, real. She's filming them doing a crab-eating spectacular, which will go very wrong very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Now, it's important to mention that the movie puts a lot of clips of things together and isn't really interested in making it feel linear, because they want you to see all the different things that are happening in the town all at once. So, oftentimes, when we talk about this, it's probably going to feel disjointed, yeah. But in my opinion, it works for the movie.
0: Yeah. I think it's structured in such a way where they all these through lines are kind of reaching their climax at the same time or around the same time. Or it reveals information to you that actually the people in the footage knew a long time ago. Because this footage happened a long time ago. But it reveals it to you at the perfect moment in the timeline of the film.
2: Yeah. I thought for being a mishmash of clips... I thought this was done pretty well.
0: Right. And there were little, like, vignettes about, like, oh, this is this girl, and she's here with her boyfriend, and she gets attacked, and, oh, they were never seen again. That actually happened days ago in a completely different part of the state, and but they didn't find their phones until way later, so nobody knew it happened. They were just a disappeared couple.
2: Right. There's, like, a, I think this is when we're learning about that couple, and, like, they think it might be a shark attack which it totally oh, wasn't.
0: That is that wasn't the couple I was talking about, but yes. <laughs> you're talking about the oceanographers.
2: Oh, okay. They found
0: their bodies and thought they were attacked by sharks.
2: Yes, by okay. a whole
0: shark or something like that.
2: But they also like find weird like goopy stuff or something and they touch uh-huh. it with their own hands. Yeah. Which you're just like, why would anyone do that? <laughs> but like nobody seemed to care when these oceanographers came up as a shark attack cuz it just seemed like a random instance. Yeah. Kind of like at the beginning of Jaws.
0: Yeah, no, this feels a lot like Jaws, actually. Uh, I mean, not in the, the through line of the entire plot, but in the idea that there are capitalist interests that are trying to keep things going and trying to ignore the danger and are actively making things worse because if they don't, that might reduce their profits in some way or that might upset people, which might not get them reelected or whatever. Like, it feels a lot like... Amity Island, this summer town. Yes. That whose entire livelihood rides on the fact that people aren't scared to go there. I'm only
1: trying to say that
3: Amity is a summer town. We need summer dollars. If people can't swim here, they'll be glad to swim at the beaches of Cape Cod, the Hamptons, Long Island. You yell shark. We've got a panic on our hands on the 4th of July.
0: It's a similar sort of thing. This summer town that relies on these industries that they've set up that people can't be afraid of or can't want to shut down.
2: We also get a splice of this environmental activist who broke into the chicken factory or whatever it is. And he's explaining to the audience that they've got tons and tons and tons of chicken that are eating tons and tons and tons of food that are creating mounds of chicken shit. That are just being dumped into the bay, which then gets put into their drinking water, and supposedly that's okay because they've got this desalination plant, but the truth is, is that they're at a D-minus level. Yeah,
0: this is all information that we find out over the course of time.
2: Yeah. Yes, so... It's so disgusting. Like, there's just... Yeah. There were a lot of moments where I did not watch the screen in this film. And the guy
0: was like, you know, he made the point effectively that even if they're not directly dumping this stuff into the bay, which he thinks they are, it's still sitting in piles out there in the open right next to the water.
1: Yes. So it's
0: impossible for there not to be runoff there. Yes. There's
1: 45 million
0: pounds of chicken chip dumped into the bay each year. I mean, look at that. That is entirely
1: chicken shit and over here look how close we are to the water it's right there
2: chicken shit water meanwhile at the fourth of july celebration things are starting to fall apart
0: (laughs) Uh uh-huh the first person we see is a woman who is in a dunk tank Yes. And she's walking through, and her skin looks like it's all broken out in a rash, and she can't find her husband, and she's begging for somebody to take her to a hospital.
2: Okay, there's one thing I want to talk about here. It's not clear from the get-go that this is going to be about a creature feature. Now, I knew prior to this that it was because of Wes, but the way that they start it is very interesting to the point where I almost forgot about the fact that I'm supposed to be watching for creatures because... They make it seem like it's a virus.
0: Yes. And that's a plot point in the movie.
2: It is. And I think that was a good idea Mm. because it really... If you had gone into this movie not knowing what I knew beforehand... I totally would have thought it was a virus. Yeah. And I totally would have thought it was something in the water that they were all ingesting uh-huh. and that's what was causing it. And and like then when we see later they're eating the crab and they all end up vomiting, that reinstates it like, oh my gosh, it's in the fish that they're eating from uh-huh. the bay, you know, and they're all getting sick. And then we will see people with giant boils and yes. outbreaks of red rashes and stuff. And they did an excellent job. Of not making you understand what was really happening until halfway through the movie when they tell you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I particularly love the segments where the with the doctor talking to the CDC and the CDC trying to figure out exactly what's going on. Them doing their own investigation. Them running into scenarios where, like... Oh, you guys already investigated the salinization plant and found that it was a D minus or whatever, and you didn't do anything about it? Well, it's not our organization's purview to shut it down. It's like, well, what the fuck? Like, the CDC is getting really angry at a lot of people that, you know, it's, I, I found that stuff really compelling.
2: Yes, I liked the detective part that it took. Yeah. I thought that was good. I also found it fascinating that this movie didn't go with the usual, easy, obvious choice of making it the government's fault.
0: Right, because there is there are portions of the government that are actively trying to assist and are having their hands tied by other things or, you know, whatever. And then there are other parts of the government that are making things worse, so it's not just like a blanket like... Oh, it's a government conspiracy, or it's all, it's all government incompetence, or anything like that. There is so they talk about,
2: but there is, of course, the crutch of the the business, the evil businessman. But yes,
0: the mayor, Mayor <laughs> Stockman. So these these scientists, they're filming footage throughout the movie. They're actively trying to like market the conclusions that they've come to. By recording something and then practicing, rehearsing what they're saying, making sure that it's impactful and we get to see all this cut footage or whatever, right? So like, Oh, these are all these dead fish. Or you cut open this fish and its tongue is gone and like, you know, like stuff like that. Then we get a title card after the first time we see the larva and the fish in their footage that says on May 18th, this video report was sent to Mayor Stockman, chairman of the Chesapeake Environmental Council, which, by the way, huge conflict of interest he runs a business that's a potential polluter, and mm-hmm. he's running the environmental council, yeah like huge conflict of interest and then it goes on to say, there are no records he ever responded.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There are two of these title cards, and when we get to the next one, I'll point it out too. It seems like the movie forgot that it had this one this first one because it's weird. When we get to it, I'll explain it.
2: I do want to say, though, that later we'll get a moment with the mayor alone in his car or something, where they kind of paint the picture that he's just an idiot. Not really that he's evil, maniacal, out to get ya. Well, he's not like trying to pollute the bay. He but just more doesn't that he care. just doesn't. It's not really that he doesn't care. It's more that he doesn't understand what it did. But he's not trying to understand. I think is the
0: is the point here. Okay, because that would get in the way of his business. Yes. So, what other things do we see in here?
2: So, okay, when all this crazy shit is going down, yeah, they immediately contact the CDC, etc. And somebody says it's like a killer virus. You know, remember, wash your hands and keep your gloves on. Yeah. She does an interview with somebody and she – it's something like there was crazy domestic violence. And she's interviewing some neighbor and she's like, you know – Is this this normal sort of thing that would happen here? And he gets really upset and walks away. And she says, oh, it makes me cringe now. I was just trying to be what I thought a reporter should be and harsh and not caring Uh about what was going on. And it's like, well, that kind of is a journalist's job. You're not supposed to get, you're supposed to give the facts.
0: Right. But in an interview, she was insensitive and you know, obviously not understanding what this interviewee is trying to communicate.
3: You knew Miss Sporofina, is that correct?
1: Spataphora.
3: I apologize. They they sent us the wrong name.
1: She was a wonderful woman, very calm, very quiet. Does this
3: go on in the town a lot? Domestic violence cases? It just seems...
1: I'm sorry, what? what? Try Do that you one more time, just
3: I thought I was following a murder story. I was just going through the motions, like, almost trying to imitate what I thought a reporter should sound like. No. (laughs) Makes me cringe when I watch this now.
0: It wasn't a good look for her, but you're right. She was kind of trying to emulate what a real reporter would do.
2: And at first, the cops thought that like it was just like a murder case and she says I don't understand how I believed them but it's like again I don't think it was government conspiracy I think it was just that nobody knew what was going yeah, on yeah how would you yeah
0: it's interesting
2: through a podcast that's apparently live
0: it's like a radio show that also releases a podcast yeah
2: They're getting all kinds of calls and theories about what's going on, Mm -hmm. parasites, and then we see, like, disgusting pictures of what's happening to people, and they're starting to realize that there's been water damage.
0: The hospital is starting to overflow with patients. This is when the doctor's getting in contact with the CDC.
2: We get... Clarification that once they did all their research, they found that 40% of the bay was dead. Yeah. And they just didn't care. Right. <laughs> they didn't do anything yeah, about it's, it's it. Yeah,
0: it's like, oh, wow, this is a, a crazy thing that you might see in a news story. And it's like, well, news story done. Let's move on.
2: Yes. People died and their bodies were just plain never discovered. So cut to the doctor And it's, like, later in the day. And, like, we've been told that he he will die. So, like, we know that's coming. But he's talking to the CDC. And they're basically saying, you should just get the fuck out of there. They tell him, it's a shock to us that you don't already have it. Yeah. Which is because it's not a virus. Yeah. You have to ingest these creatures. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Which is why people who ate the food or drank the water yeah. could have ingested it. But if the doctor hadn't done that, he'd be fine. He, he's telling the CDC all this stuff, all these facts. Oh,
0: I know what you're saying. I have this written down too, I think. And <laughs>
2: the doctors are responding and trying to come up with re- like theories or whatever. And they go and they they keep talking. All of a sudden the guy kind of stops him and he goes, I'm sorry. D- did you just say that they're missing half of their tongues? <laughs> <And he's>, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah they
0: are. Uh, I did want to ask you, did you say that you had people with half their tongues gone? <laughs> at one point, because I love this sort of rapport that he has with these CDC doctors <laughs> is he's like, he says something about, Oh, how do you treat the lesions and stuff like that? And he's like, oh yeah, no, the, these lesions are spreading to other patients and stuff like that. And the CDC goes, okay, that's important. And he's like, yeah, I know it's important, because they still have spreading lesions. Like, he's like, yes, no shit, it's important. <laughs> you said that you have uh, 30 of these cases. Yeah, I have about
1: 60 people with some kind of blister and lesion outbreak. Some of them went into anaphylactic shock. I have
0: horse uh, mort- overgrowth. Me, you said now you have 60 I sixty cases. three people with their tongues, half gone.
1: Okay, that's uh, a lot of information. Did you administer methicillin to the lesion victims? Yeah, of
0: course I gave them methicillin. It had no response. What do you mean? It kept spreading.
1: In how many cases? In
0: all of the cases.
1: Okay, that's important.
0: Yeah, I know that's important because they still have spreading lesions. Do you have Do you have any new information for me?
2: Yes, the interactions <laughs> between the CDC and the doctor are interesting and funny. Yeah,
0: uh-huh. Um, and, but it's not that you think the CDC is...
2: Intentionally being an asshole They're just doing their best to keep up
0: Right, but he's in the thick of it And he's desperate for people to make a big deal out of it
2: Yes, to fix his problem
0: At one point in here We we see the the fishermen These are the only time we see them It's It's like a party of people out fishing And they catch this big fish And the guy like Holds open the mouth of the fish And he's got like his thumb in its mouth And he's like, what's going on in here? And then all of a sudden one of the trilobites, or the isopods as they're called, it's a black one, comes running up his arm. Yes. That was a very effective jump scare.
2: Yes, it was. I was
0: not prepared for that, and it freaked me out. (laughs) It was very, very effective. (laughs) The thing ends up getting tossed off of him, not before it bites him, lands on the deck of the boat, and then scurries off back into the water. Yes. This is the first good look we get at an isopod.
2: We're starting to get Videos that people took of their friends and family who were being affected. And this one guy, his whole stomach is moving around.
0: <laughs> yeah. We have that couple, the teenage couple who jumps in.
2: Yes. To the water.
0: And she starts getting attacked. So the dude jumps in after her. The that felt thigh. extremely Jaws. Yes.
2: Whereas this guy with the stomach felt extremely Slither. Uh-huh. So I totally get why he wanted, why Wes wanted them to put together. Meanwhile... We have this couple who you think are going to become super important.
0: Well, they're super important in grounding the events, making them sort of stakes that are close to home. You know, we have a couple and a baby that come from outside the town and are renting a boat to come to the town for Fourth of July festivities to watch the fireworks and all of that. And so we see them go. Her parents live, live there. in Claridge the town and she's not getting messages from her mother that say things like do they had not to amputate get off your, your the boat yeah they had to amputate your father's leg uh, we think it's something having to do with the water whatever you do don't do not get out of that boat but she never gets that message
3: Stephanie Stephanie where are you you're not answering your phone I've been trying to reach you I'm at the hospital your dad is at the hospital they're taking him and he has some kind of very bad infection. And I think they're going to amputate his leg. It's crazy here. I mean, really crazy here. So the most important thing is to know that I do not want you to get off that boat. Do you hear me, Stephanie? Don't get off the boat.
2: Yeah, so we get these film recordings of the two of them. The
0: husband goes into the water at one point.
2: Yes, and he says, oh, it got in my mouth. Yeah. Which they will show later when they're talking about how you actually get infected. But, like, I say that you think they're going to be really important because we get a lot of scenes of them. Yeah. And I'll just tell you right now, eventually the dude's going to die and the chick is going to somehow escape with her baby. And that is
0: it's It really is just a driver of tension. They need you to be emotionally invested in this couple and their baby in order to create a sense of, of fear. Because we already know that Donna survives, so there's no danger there. We know that her cameraman dies, so we're, there's no mystery there. We do not know what eventually happens to this couple until it's actually happening. So that's just a driver of tension throughout the movie. That's all it is.
2: Yeah. And that's like kind of the biggest problem with this film is. You think that it's a problem? I don't think there's a character that, like, the most important character we already know is gonna survive. Donna, yeah. <laughs> like, I guess. You could say that we were wrapped up in the mother and the baby, but, like, you think it's going to go somewhere. But after the guy dies, she just walks away, and that is the last you will see of her, and there will be a thing on the, the no. screen. She that's- has an interaction. No, there's a thing on the screen that says she re- she ref- declined to interview.
0: Yeah, 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 but in between her husband dying and that, there's another thing that happens to her. What's that? An infected – she finds a cop car and goes to take it, puts her baby in the car, and then she gets attacked by an infected person in the back seat. Not like a zombie or anything like that, but they're desperate. And now there's this danger that she's going to get hurt or infected herself and has to get her baby out of the car when it's strapped into the to the chair and that person is still there. She kills that person in that car, uh, we think, we assume. But her baby's in danger and she has to get the baby out. And then she has to get back on the street and start walking again.
2: Which also doesn't make a ton of sense. I understand when you say he was desperate. She. Oh, whatever. But it doesn't change who you are as a person in any way. Because it's literally
0: a creature eating right, you. Right, but we saw what happened to the, the dunk tank lady. And she's she just. She went crazy. Yes.
2: Because she didn't know what was happening to it's, it's a to hysteria. Her. Exactly, it's a hysteria. She wasn't attacking people.
0: Right. Now I think this person wasn't attacking her either, but it doesn't mean that she's not going to hurt somebody. But it was definitely
2: used in place of oh, an attack. Oh yeah,
0: no, it was relying on zombie tropes. Yes. Absolutely when this isn't a zombie movie. You're yes. absolutely right. Yes.
2: I think that's that's weak. You couldn't find enough ways to scare your audience with your actual
0: Sure, yeah. storyline. Uh-huh. I can see that. A weakness. <laughs> so the uh, the oceanographers are doing their thing. Still, we they end up they cut open a fish and they find all these little larvae. Um, they find out that there's a giant isopod that ate the fish's tongue and replaced it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it could continue to feed off the animal. Mm-hmm. And eventually, we see what happens to them is they go diving themselves.
2: Which, by the way, they don't explain why they eat their tongues. I think it was literally just done to be creepy.
0: No, okay, yeah, I mean, eating the tongues, it's a key indicator that they can reference later when somebody's tongue is missing.
2: Right, but there's no reason for it.
0: No, but then they latch onto the stem there and they stay in the mouth the way the person ingests food and they feed inside the mouth.
2: But they eat you inside. They the inside little ones out. do.
0: But the lar yeah, they, the, the larvae do. And then they end up growing bigger and bigger. But the, the, the big ones... That's how they get into your body in the first place.
1: Mm. And
0: they end up laying their eggs inside of you or laying their larvae, whatever you want to call them. But anyway, they go diving to investigate and they dive into what might be a school of fish, but it's actually a school of these overgrown isopods. And they get torn to shreds.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This is These are the oceanographers that whose bodies are found that we heard about at the beginning of the movie. Who looked like they were attacked by a bull shark or something like that.
2: Who were kind of basically aware of what was happening. Yes. They were pretty much doing... And they were investigating. Investigation. And they were trying
0: to show the report. And then we get another title card, which, by the way, they're dead. How are these reports being sent? Because we don't see any footage of them editing the reports and sending them or anything like that. <laughs> On this trip where they're recording this footage, they die. <laughs> but then we hear about what happens to the report after it's sent. Anyway... We get another title card that says the oceanographer's report was also sent to Mayor Stockman and the Chesapeake Environmental Council. There are no records they ever responded. Did it forget that it had that title card already? It says also, but there's no indication that there's more than one report.
2: I I noted that, too. I wondered about that as well.
0: And it says Mayor Stockman and the Chesapeake Environmental Council. And then it says there are no records they ever responded the same exact way that they said it. In the previous title card. I, I feel like they are- forgot the title card was already in the movie. I don't know. It's very weird. It is. But again, this is where I wrote, wait, why are we getting title cards anyway when the reporter's comments are so, so much more of a novelty in this movie? That's an interesting way to display all this stuff. Like, why isn't she telling us this stuff? And then it, that's there's that confusion between is this the reporter's story or is it a documentarian story that we never meet? That's never clear.
2: Then there's this weird thing about these people that got stuck on the bridge that were headed over to the island.
0: Oh, yeah, and it never comes back.
2: Never comes back. She says that it got shut down for three days. No one ever found out who...
0: Actually ordered it shut ordered down. Ordered it
2: shut down, but we don't hear anything else about it. What happened mm-hmm. to those people? Were they okay? I don't know. Yeah.
0: But what it, what it's trying to communicate is that there's this veil of secrecy around... How the town is being isolated, and there's information that should be known that's not known. Basic information like who ordered the bridge shut down, even that's not available because everything is top secret, and it's just trying to create this. But
2: top secrecy would in, would imply government's consp- government conspiracy, which is not at hand here.
0: There's a government conspiracy insofar as they they kept this stuff under wraps, and it needed to be leaked in order for people to know anything about it. That there was a big settlement for the survivors, which, by the way, I don't believe would have kept this under wraps. That's fucking bullshit. A hundred percent of the people that survived this just got a big paycheck and said, okay, I won't say anything? You've got to be shitting me. There's no way in hell that's the case. That huge... this this It might be a small town, but a huge group of people. That many deaths...
2: Hey, they don't almost those people, got away with it in Aaron Brockovich.
0: Don't those people have families elsewhere in the country and now they have mysterious deaths? Wouldn't there be a bunch of people throughout the country that aren't getting these settlements going, hey, your mom died in Claridge? My uncle died in Claridge that same day. And I don't know anything like how come that's not a bigger story? It doesn't make any sense that it takes this WikiLeaks type leak for anybody to know that something weird happened.
2: Did you know about the Aaron Brockovich story until the movie came out?
0: The Aaron Brockovich story is a story about people getting cancer. This is a story about half a city being devoured from the inside. (laughs) Anyway, I wrote down, it seems like the oceanographers diving into what they know is highly parasitic waters. Is a bad idea. Yes, yes. I don't mean I agree. because of what eventually happens to them. I mean, even if you're just dealing with the parasites that are infecting these fish, why are you jumping into the water site unseen?
2: I totally agree. But then again, why did he jump into the water in Shaws?
0: Oh, why did what's his face? Yeah, no, that's what makes that scene tense. <laughs> but these are the, yeah, anyway. <laughs>
2: Now, there's some humor littered throughout this movie, and even though it is quite funny, like, for example, there's a line in the hospital where a doctor says, Hey, doctor, the guy you just amputated, it's on his other leg now. Uh, right. And then there's like a clip of a girl who's stuck on the bridge, and she's videotaping her parents arguing about it. And her mom says, "Stop youtubing this." And she <laughs> goes, "Oh my god, my mom just said youtubing." Like <laughs> there's there are funny lines littered throughout, but they don't match the rest of the tone of the film.
0: Yeah, be- well, I think it's supposed to because we're supposed to be getting candid moments that they don't know that it's serious. They don't know that this is going in a movie. So I I think that that still works.
2: Then we have an an odd scene where she, the main chick, is being filmed and she can't continue on with her report because she can just hear people screaming all over the place? Yeah. And that was an effective moment, but Odd and well, because it only happens in this
0: one scene. Exactly. It seems like the screaming is coming from everywhere, and it seems like it's non-stop, but it's in no other scenes.
2: Exactly. Yeah. It feels it it was a good idea, but it felt like it was just put in there because it was a good idea. Do you know what I mean? Like somebody was like, This would be an awesome shot. Let's put it in there. And everyone else is like, but don't you think it kind of messes with the flow? Uh-huh. Don't you think we should have more of that if we're gonna do that? And he was like, "I don't care. This is a really cool idea. Put it in the movie." <laughs>
0: speaking of infective, infe- speaking of effective moments, there's one scene at night where it's just Donna and her cameraman still, and there's a fountain, and she get blood drips on her, and she freaks out, and she goes to. The fountain And it's dark so she can't tell what's going on and she goes to wash her face off. But there's more blood on her face now. I think that's because there's blood in the fountain. Because when the cameraman walks around the fountain, we see a dead guy. And his face is like all chewed up. And then they are looking at it. Oh my God, what the fuck happened here? And then he blinks. That was so cool. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was great.
2: Yes, that was really good.
0: So they're they're it's it's incredibly gross, but they're they're effective single like one-off moments like that in this movie.
2: There was also a scene where for whatever reason we only heard the audio and I can't remember what it was, but it was people discovering one of the isopods or something and it was a really effective moment that they chose to only do through audio and i can't remember exactly what they were talking about and maybe it made it more effective that it was audio but like or they again, didn't have the video
0: filmed and they came up with the idea in post production exactly it. again
2: yeah. it's like this was a good idea but it you don't you don't just say hey this is awesome idea and i'm just going to put it in randomly
1: uh-huh
2: a lot of this felt It just didn't, it's interesting because earlier I said, and I still stand by this, I like the intersplicing of things. But when you take these very specific types of moments and just randomly throw them in, that ruins the flow because this whole time I've been watching video. Now I'm I'm only hearing audio.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: This whole time I've been seeing lots and lots of carnage. Now yeah. it's dead get, nothing's happening except we, for screaming.
0: We get narration from Donna introducing characters and clips. And then we get title cards randomly thrown throughout, too. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, so I see your point. Yeah. Um, this is around the time, because it's dark out now, that the couple finally makes it. They passed a boat that was abandoned and they thought it was weird. But they make it to the dock and it's nighttime and the dock is empty. So... We know that the army or somebody has closed all the roads. They've shut down cell phone towers because we hear the mayor and the sheriff talking about this stuff.
2: Well, that's why the couple didn't get the messages.
0: Yes. But there's no coast guard? I don't this know. This boat any of that works. This boat just comes into the bay. They they shut down cell service. They closed every road. And there's no boats in the water preventing more people from coming in via water in a bay? <laughs> where half the way you access this town is via the water. There's (laughs) nobody stopping people from coming in that way. And this is the only boat that's doing that.
2: It's a good point. It
0: doesn't make any fucking sense. And it bothered me. (laughs) But they're arguing over the fact that nobody's there. It's weird that there's no fireworks or anything like that when it's this late at night on the 4th of July. And the docks are empty and her parents aren't there. And he's complaining about oh what a great fantastic welcome where the fuck are your parents like they're arguing about how rude it was that they didn't welcome them
2: which is so no dumb like i I'm- i if i have my baby yeah and i show up on the fourth of july at a bay and there ain't shit going down right i'm not getting off that boat right there's no way something happened <laughs> So
0: I mean they're running, they find out they're oh the fuck there's a dead body. They don't get back on the boat. They they look for a place to stay, they find like a hotel or something like that, a motel, a lodge or whatever, and they stay there for a while, and then he starts getting more and more infected, and they start having a video call with like her friend or her brother or something. His brother. I they they say once. The relationship, and I didn't catch it, so...
2: I didn't... I don't remember this phone call.
0: There's a video call that she has.
2: Oh, with his brother. It's
0: his brother. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, what's wrong with your neck, he says. And uh, the dude sees there's something... There's boils on his neck. And he's being in more and more pain to the point where he's begging her to kill him. And all his brother can do is just watch. Mm-hmm. But they didn't cut down internet service?
2: Good question.
0: And so, like, they can still make this video call? And the brother is outside this quarantine.
2: Well, meanwhile... He doesn't tell anybody
0: about anything? Well,
2: yes, that too. But also, meanwhile... This entire time, no one's been able to get through to anybody except for one t- tween-age girl that we keep getting clips from. Yeah, and she
0: she stays on the phone for, the long, for a long time. Yes. So obviously cell service still does work.
2: Exactly. Why is it working for one cell phone? What's happening? I
0: think the idea is that they don't know how cell service works. <laughs> and that they're saying there's like a bubble around the town. And so you can communicate within that bubble. And that's why the mom couldn't get to the daughter on the boat because it would have to cross this bubble. But that's why these two girls can talk. I think actually what happened is they just didn't think about it. It didn't occur to them that, wait. There isn't supposed to be cell service.
2: No, but it d- it did occur to them because later when she's having this super emotional moment with her friend. So we've been getting these cuts throughout the film of this girl who's sick. Young her, girl,
0: like 12 years old or something. Her parents
2: abandon her. It's God. Oh, God, it's awful. She apparently takes herself to the hospital and we get all these really sad conversations. And then we get this really emotional moment where she's just like... Her friend, who she's been talking to this whole time, uh-huh. tells her, I think I'm infected. Now I'm in a lot My of tongue pain. hurts,
1: yeah. And she
2: tells her, do not come here. I think, um, I, I think we're just waiting to die. There are dead bodies everywhere. Uh-huh. But I just don't want to hang up. And then her phone gets cut. And they used it for an emotional moment because she just said, I don't want to hang up with you even though uh-huh. I think I'm going to die. And then they cut the phone out on her. And I'm like... Again, that sounded like a good idea. That'll make it really emotional. But But, but,
0: you're you're Oh, here's our explanation. You you just gave us an explanation.
2: Your logic doesn't make any sense.
0: Things the things aren't happening chronologically in these different scenes, remember. We talked about But this is at
2: nighttime.
0: Oh, I guess you're right.
2: Yes. We know it's we we know
0: we know the cell phones get cut during the day because that's when the mom sent the message. Yes. So yeah. You're right. Okay. Just
2: people having, like, these these momentary ideas that they really wanted in the film and just didn't care how it worked.
0: So anyway, we find out that the amount of chemicals from the conversations the CDC is having, the amount of chemical steroids in the chicken shit accelerated growth 50 to 60 times. Now, the pace of the escalation of the entire film is a little whack. The mayor and the sheriff at one point are driving around, and they just think the town's dark, and people are going to the hospital for some reason, and it's getting packed, and they don't know that anything desperate is going on. Meanwhile, one sheriff's deputy kills another sheriff's deputy when they're responding to a domestic abuse call. It's not actually a domestic abuse call. It's them getting torn apart by these isopods. One of the the sheriffs gets injured and is starting to get infected, so the other sheriff's deputy shoots him and then he comes outside just to see the sheriff and the mayor pull up. They're like what's going on? This guy kills the sheriff and then himself, but not the mayor for some reason.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like if he's worried about the infection or like why doesn't he kill the mayor?
2: Yeah. That whole scene was weird, but I guess you can explain it away with uh-huh. traumatized people do crazy things. So this moment happens,
0: and the sheriff freaks out and drives away, and then all of a sudden, as he's driving away, panicking and scared, he's driving to through he's driving through a town scattered with dead bodies. Where were all those dead bodies as they were approaching this scene? Then the scene happens, and then all of a sudden there's dead bodies everywhere like it's that sort of Continuity of escalation Mm -hmm. that doesn't track when you think about it for more than two seconds. I think this movie is very, very effective in the moment as you're watching it. But then you're thinking about it and it starts to fall apart in all the ways that we've been talking about Mm -hmm. up to this point. That's just that's just one moment. But if this pollution is so bad that it makes them grow 50 to 60 times, why didn't any accelerated growth happen before this?
2: Why didn't it affect any other creature? Uh-huh. That part bothered me. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just killing the fish and the birds.
0: I could understand if all the chemical steroid that makes it into the bay causes growth, and now in this horror movie scenario, it causes growth of 50 to 60 times. What I do not understand is that there was no escalation from no growth to 50 to 60 times growth. That it didn't occur over a slower period of time where they were growing at 10 times the speed and size, or 20 times the speed and size. It's just from zero to 60, literally, in no time at all. Uh, mm -mm. Anyway.
2: But also, again, why is it only this one creature? Yeah. Yeah.
0: You're right. Maybe because it's ancient and it responds to the steroids in a different way or whatever. So Mayor John Stockman died from the injury, suffered from an accident that he gets in. He crashes his car as he's driving away panicking. The title card says his death may have been preventable, but there were no emergency services available. We find out that 700 people died and they managed to keep it quiet. The isopods themselves were killed off by dumping massive amounts of chlorine into the Claridge Channel. Which yeah, is like off the just Chesapeake 12
2: Bay. hours later, everything was finished.
0: But, quote, the Chesapeake remains 40% lifeless. Mm-hmm. The official comment from the government is that the outbreak was caused by unseasonably high water temperature. And that it was just a viral or bacterial outbreak. And then at the end of the movie, as this, all this is wrapping up, Donna says... This is Donna such and such, whatever her last name is, signing off. You're on a Skype call. This is Donna Thompson signing off. You're not doing a broadcast. <laughs> but they thought that that would be an effective, fun little punch at the end right there. Uh-huh. Because she's a reporter. Mm mm-hmm. You're doing an interview. <laughs> anyway, that is The Bay. Yes. Do you have anything else to say about the movie, Kelsey? No, I'm okay. Yeah, I think I'm good, too. We'll talk about our overall feelings and how we came away from it when we talk about the score. What do you think it got on Rotten Tomatoes? 62? 76. Okay. Barry Levinson's eco-horror flick cleverly utilizes familiar found footage methods in service of a gruesome yet atmospheric chiller. A Metacritic of 65. Do you think this movie is overrated or underrated?
2: Maybe just a little overrated. What would you give it? I was going to give it a 64.
0: I I think I liked it more than that. I. It has a lot of problems.
2: I think I enjoyed it more while I was watching it. Yes. And talking about it has really probably lost it. At least six percent, because I was gonna give it a seventy.
0: That's exactly what I was gonna give it. And I you know what, I think it is what I'm going to give it. Cause I don't want to undervalue how much I enjoyed watching the movie in the moment. I am. <laughs> I think I, I I think I could give it a 70.
2: Okay.
0: So and and so I will. Um I don't want all the stuff that we're talking about after the fact, the things that don't quite make sense or that don't line up, the continuity issues, the tone issues, to Take too much away from the fact that we enjoyed this movie.
2: But I can't keep enjoying it when I think about all the After problems the it has.
0: No, totally, totally, totally. You're not wrong. I just... If someone asked me if they should watch The Bay, I would say yes. I just want to be clear about that. <laughs> it had a lot to say politically. It had a lot to say environmentally. Things that aren't wrong. Right. <laughs> things that should scare you. And that, like Kelsey was saying, when you find out that... Aside from the isopods eating everyone from the inside, everything else is absolutely real. Dramatized, but real. Should be an eye-opener for you. Yes. And there's some value in that, too. Anyway, I liked it. So, good job, Barry Levinson. You made an okay movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely not your best. When you look at that list, and you're like, okay, Rain Man? Wow. Sleepers? Diner? Good morning, Vietnam. Yeah. The Bay. (laughs) It doesn't stack up. No. But, I mean, that's a pretty high bar to to cross, I think. Yes. All right, so thank you very much, Wes, for recommending The Bay. Yes, thank you. That concludes our Creature Feature Week here on Pod Cemetery. What are we watching next week?
2: Next week, we're going to do what we were going to do last week. Yes. So next week, we will be watching... Man Bites Dog and The Houses October Built with our guest star of Jesse.
0: So welcome, Jesse. I'm looking forward to, to recording that one. We've watched both versions of The Houses October Built already. We haven't watched Man Bites Dog because we're waiting to actually watch that with Jesse and then record the episode. So I'm really curious about
2: that one because I've never seen it before. I hope it's not as awful as I'm preparing myself for it to be. And I don't mean like in a bad movie. I mean like torture porn.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm curious. I hear it is supposed to be gruesome or disturbing. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Is it disturbing for people like us who watch a lot of this shit? Or is it disturbing in the way that it is torture porn?
2: And remember, Jesse recommended the Houses October Built and both Harry and Anthony recommended Man Bites Dog.
0: Thank you, Harry and Anthony. Really appreciate that. Until then, you can always reach us at our website, podcemetery.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. That's where we made the announcement that we were going to be missing last week. So if you were surprised, it's because you're not following us on Twitter. And you should be. Don't forget to rate and review in your podcatcher of choice. As always, five-star written reviews are the biggest help. And we'd really like to get out of this 4.5 where we are. So the more fives, the better. Thank you for sharing us with your friends. Word of mouth is a huge, very effective way of spreading the podcast. So thank you very much for those of you that have shared the podcast with somebody else. And thank you all for listening in the first place. We love each and every one of you. Until next week, I've been Chris.
2: I've been Kelsey. And
0: this has been Pod Cemetery. But before we go, Kelsey, any last words?
2: I think it's every girl's dream to be Miss Crustacean.
0: add carpet cleaner to the shopping list
3: i've added carpet cleaner to your shopping list by the way
2: we've spoken before and it would be nice to learn your name should i do that
0: no god it keeps asking extra questions the whole reason i use you is because you're simple i just say a thing and you do it
2: alexa i love you that's really sweet
0: Oh, it doesn't say like I just want to be friends.
2: (laughs) I felt bad; you were being mean.
0: (laughs) I'm reading an article on Vice about how Tom Nook from Animal Crossing is actually an (laughs) anarcho-capitalist.
2: What? There's a line in the in the dot in the.
0: I don't know why. I still have my hands up.
2: (laughs) I I was like, "Are you waiting for me to respond?"
0: (laughs) I was thinking of something, but okay, computer. Get it through your thick head that I would like to record dialogue right now. Send. <laughs> Winky face emoji, send. <laughs>